0: Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Do the Woo, the WooCommerce Builder Podcast. Oh! Woo! Woo! This show is brought to you by the Dot Store, where you'll find a variety of plugins to help you with that next client build. From extending products to custom shipping, they have you covered. And Nexus. Manage hosting plans that keep your clients' WooCommerce shops powerful, profitable, and error-free. I'll tell you more about our pod, friends, later on this show, but let's get started as we start a small series of shows on WooCommerce and crypto. Recently, Woo has added crypto extensions to their marketplace to keep up with the demands of Woo shop owners. Dave Lockie from Automatic and Kayla Gaines, General Manager of Payments for WooCommerce, Join Brad and Kathy to talk a little bit about how the world is shaping up around crypto and e-commerce.
1: And we are recording. Hey everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of Do The Woo. We have a fun topic today, which is going to be talking all about Woo payments and crypto which I know has got everyone's ears perked up. It's a pretty uh, pretty hot topic, has been for the past few years. I'm sure uh, you might have some questions. You might be interested in what this could look like for your store and how you might implement it. So we have some some great uh, guests on the show. They're going to ha- happily answer all those questions as we kind of dig into to crypto and what that means in the world of WooCommerce. So I'm joined today by my co-host, Kathy Zant. Hey, Kathy, how are you doing? Doing
2: really well. Good to see you, Brad.
1: Yeah, you too. You ready to learn about some crypto? i sure
2: am i'm excited about what this might mean for uh, the future of payments and me too all sorts of things
1: me too and i like shows like this because i'm 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 here to learn as much as anything right so i think uh, a lot of the questions will come from actually being interested in what we got going on here and how that's going to impact you know the future of of payments and particularly around WooCommerce. so so let's dive right into it because we have got a lot to talk about so we we'll bring on a couple guests here first we have dave lockey from Automatic. Dave, why don't you tell everyone who you are, what you do over there at Automatic?
3: Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Cathy. Yeah, Dave Lockie. Um, I used to run the agency Pragmatic, and have been in the WordPress space for about 15 years now. I've been into crypto for about five, six years, and at the start of this year, I was lucky enough to find a role that combined both of those by joining Automatic to uh, figure out what we do with crypto.
1: Awesome! Yeah, looking forward to jumping into that. Um, and we also have uh, uh, Kiala Gaines. Did I say that right? I, I apologize if I got the name wrong. No I word. practice before show, and as soon as it comes out of my mouth, it's wrong. So I apologize.
4: <laughs> Anything with a K is good. It's Kiala Gaines.
1: Kiala, Kiala Gaines. Hey, Kiala, uh, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell everyone who you are and what you do with WooCommerce?
4: Absolutely, uh, I am the GM of payments for WooCommerce. Um, and I've been uh, in payments for about 22 years, but at Woo now just coming up on a year. Uh, and the way that you can kind of think about um, my function is really uh, stewardship, looking after the experience, how we make it better for our customers, and how we continue to innovate around um, their, their coming needs so always trying to keep a pulse on, on how people are actually accepting payments in their day-to-day lives and how we can enable that through the platform. And we do that through through sort of three ways from a, from a GM payments perspective. Uh, it's really around where are all the places that Automatic itself is taking payments from its customers and how are we doing that? It's around our own WooCommerce payments offering, which is now live in 18 countries and is fully integrated into WooCommerce. Um, And it's around continuing to power our ecosystem and make sure that we have the right relevant choices in our marketplaces for customers.
1: Yeah. So you've been working with payments for 22 years. I mean, that really takes it back to kind of the, honestly, the start of e-commerce really right there in the kind of late nineties, early two thousands, when it really started to take off and people realized, you know, there's something to this internet thing. Like this is, this works. You can buy things online and they show up. It's great. Uh, So you've, Clearly, I mean, twenty-two years of experience working with payments—you've you've seen a lot, and you've seen kind of, yeah, the internet grow and mature. Um, you know, I'm I'm curious what maybe some of the the places that you worked prior, if you're able to to speak to it around payments and some of that history that you have that you're kind of bringing to the table now at WooCommerce.
4: It's, it's a funny thing to look back on because it is uh, no industry stays stays still, but certainly the rate of innovation and change um, is one that I think we would all recognize has continued to to be present in ways that we can see and touch and feel in payments. But yeah, when I started, it was uh, in 2000 uh, at a little company called VeriSign Payment Services. Uh, Folks may remember VeriSign, the the good old um, uh, domain registry, as well as uh, SSL certificates. There was a telco business and there was a payments business. Uh, That payment business probably wasn't super known, but the product was. So uh, there was a gateway called PayFlow. And that uh, was actually quite a large gateway at the time, processed $72 billion worth of volume. Um, that business was bought by uh, PayPal in 2005. And um, so I spent the next five years at VeriSign, uh, as you said, when when things were still forming. Um, that, the PayFlow gateway was also, uh, they had bought Signio, they bought CyberCash. I mean, we think it was... Um, you know, hosted checkout forms. There were some API calls, uh, but things were really quite nascent. Mobile didn't exist. You know, it was card present uh, is really how the world was dominated. And a lot of how card not present, what we call e-commerce, came to evolve really sits on the rails on top of really what is the card present industry. Uh, and that, I think, was was more apparent back in 2000 than it is, than it is now. It's been more abstracted. So then 10 years at at PayPal, a couple years at Intuit, uh, five years at at eBay, and now uh, a year in at Woo, uh, the constant through all of those i have had roles uh, across product, across go-to-market, across channel partnerships, ops, everything in between, has really always been uh, figuring out how to solve problems for customers, whether individually um, or through platforms, uh, but at scale how we increasingly uh, solve problems for customers around payments uh, in an integrated way at scale. And I think that's sort of been the the constant theme.
1: Yeah, really cool. That's, you know, and and just thinking back, um, I don't want to spend too much time on the past, but, you know, looking at those kind of big milestones around payments, like PayPal was that one kind of game changer that came on the scene. I think primarily, if I remember right at the time, was because of eBay, Mm -hmm. which was really exploding. Um, And people still weren't super comfortable with, you know, credit cards online and are they safe? And should I do that? Or maybe they don't have access to a credit card or whatever, but then PayPal kind of came out and eliminated a lot of those concerns. Um, and essentially gave people a really easy way to send money to each other. Um, you know, and, and I, I remember using it a lot on eBay in the early days. Um, and just, it just, it just seemed like that. Like, like that change in how payments are made is what really exploded e-commerce online. And that's great. What I'm curious is, as we kind of, you know, go into the crypto discussion, are we about to see that again um, in the crypto space? And I don't want to get too far ahead of, of of it, but it's it's interesting as we look back and then we look forward, we always try to learn, you know, from the past and what's going to happen in the future. And PayPal is that one biggie that really changed the game, like just flipped it upside down, you know.
4: It did. There was a couple things for PayPal. And I think there's a couple things that are present whenever we see sort of things get to a point of critical mass, where you look back and then go, huh, what was the moment that like things flipped over? And so, you know, PayPal started as a peer to peer system, uh, originally for like BlackBerry, if I remember correctly. Um, But there was a problem in need of a solution. So as you mentioned, on eBay, you had customers uh, around the globe around the country no way to really send money to each other you had a trust issue you don't know who that person is you don't want to share your financials with them what you needed was an intermediary um so you needed a way to send money and you needed an intermediary and and yeah it's fun to look back at those times like literally people were mailing checks across the country right
1: yeah, I remember mailing checks because yeah. then you have to like you know wait a week or two. Did you get it? Did you get it? Did you mail exactly. it what I, you know my auction that I won?
4: <laughs> and then the person would ship it, and so you know you'd kind of wait for okay, I got the payment, and then you shipped it and, and all that good stuff. So there needed to be an intermediary, and in that um, PayPal played that role really well. Fast forward to um, as PayPal shifted uh, into merchant services, which I was there for part of that um, again. Those years it was like 2005 to 2015. Um, the, the shift off of uh, expanding the solution to more use cases than just paste then it became paste a button to your website then it became merchant services which is full acceptance on your website and we think about well that that solves a problem um, merchant services were were pretty complicated like you had to go to a bank and get a merchant account half the banks were like internet we you know I, no thanks uh, they weren't actually the easiest thing to do you had to Fill out a piece of paper, an online form, fax a bunch of stuff in. Um, really dating myself here, but it, again, there was a problem in need of a solution, which is how do I accept payments on online in a way that's easier than this? Um, and PayPal solved that problem. But I think that the, the next real catalyst was mobile, and so mobile really started to come onto the scene. You know what, two thousand probably 2010. um, But by 2015, it was, you know, really exploding. And we were all trying to navigate entering lots of data on a little tiny screen that was not fit for form factor. We had questions about how secure your phone is. And so again, you have a problem in need of a solution that I think you, you find the right thing at the right time. And then that's where you hit critical mass. I've seen more change in payments over the last three years with COVID than we probably did before that. Apple Pay, Tap at the Register, those have been out for years. What we didn't see was critical mass adoption until you have a problem that needs a solution, which is, huh, I don't want to touch it. Or now I'm doing buy online and pick up on store and I need a different way to get my credentials to you. It's a QR, QR code or you're going to SMS me a link and I'm going to do it from my device. So problems that required, we reinvent the way engagement works and therefore the way that payments work around that. I think we tend to think about payments first. Actually, it's, it's usually engagement first, customer engagement first. Payments rises to the occasion to try to fill that void or remove friction out of the system.
1: Yeah, I mean the mobile stuff definitely changed the game, um, and you're right—the mass adoption, especially with, through the pandemic, um, definitely accelerated that. Because now everywhere I go, people are doing touchless—you know, Apple Pay, Google Pay, whatever—paying with their watch, which is pretty fun to do. Um, and you didn't see that a few years ago, even though it was available. So um, it definitely has changed it and it's made it easier. Because at the end of the day, you're right—I don't want to type in credit card numbers into a a form um, on my mobile device, you know, I want to double click the side and Apple pay it and, you know, away we go and they get their money and I get whatever I ordered. So um, it's definitely simplified it. And at the end of the day, I guess you're always trying to just make it as easy as possible for people to pay, right? Like that's that's the common denominator. How can I get, how can I make this as simple as possible for someone to order my product or service?
4: Actually, that abstraction is part of, I think the the psychology of payments, right? The more we can abstract actually payments out of the process and make it invisible, the more it becomes around engagement. And there's a little something I like to say, and I think why we see things like uh, BNPL, uh, as popular options, which is people like to shop, they don't like to pay. The more you can make the shopping experience pure and the payment experience separate, actually, sometimes the better.
1: <laughs> a lot true to that. There's nothing I hate worse than standing in line to buy something. <laughs> like, let me wait this line so I can give you a bunch of money. Like it's just it's frustrating, especially during yeah. the holidays. And there's longer lines and stuff, so um, I definitely can understand that. Um, so yeah, I mean, kind of moving forward, let's 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 dive into. Let's first start with Woo Payments. For anyone, I would I would imagine most people listening are probably familiar with Woo Payments, WooCommerce Payments, um, and what that means. But if anyone is listening that maybe isn't familiar, can you give a quick overview of, of what is the WooCommerce Payments and you know who is that product really for?
4: Yeah, uh, WooCommerce Payments was launched in uh, mid 2020. It's now live, as I mentioned, in in 18 countries. Um, it's fully built by Woo, supported by Woo. Uh, integrated and, and built for within the context of WooCommerce. Uh, it supports card not present. So e-commerce, uh, w- what we're talking about, it supports uh, card present in the U S and in Canada, we have a reader um, that, that uh, works with it. We support uh, all the, the uh, forms of payment that you would expect. Some of the fun stuff we were just talking about, not just credit cards, but Apple pay, Google pay, all that fun stuff. Um. Local forms of payment, which are increasingly becoming really, really relevant as uh, I think technology supply chain constraints make um, borders um, disappear a little bit more. We're all getting more comfortable shopping cross-border. And so things like multi-currency and forms of payment that would be uh, native to a user in whatever country they're in. So uh, WooCommerce Payments supports local forms of payments, so primarily bank-based payments in Europe um, uh, As well as multi-currency, Um, so we we really are you know we support recurring payments. Again, it's around what's the engagement model that you want to have with your customer? How do we integrate payments to make sure that it can rise to the occasion and it can do that within a unique uh, WooCommerce context?
1: Yeah, it's kind of an all-in-one, right? I mean, prior to WooCommerce payments. Um... You know, you would have to set up a number of different extensions, potentially a number of different payment options, certainly to get all of the different options that are available with this would require, you know, multiple extensions and plugins and accounts installed and configured and um, working. If you can even check all these boxes, I'm not sure if you can with a bunch of extensions, you can check some of them, but I don't know about all of them. So it's kind of an all in one, right? Get you going as quickly as possible with the store, start accepting payments, however you'd like, take it from there.
4: That's right. Yeah, 100%. But you don't lose any of the flexibility like you can still adapt and extend over time. So if you want to add PayPal as a form of payment to it, if you want to add a BNPL to it, you can do that. But it's everything that you need certainly to get started. And I would say and, and, and much more than that, obviously, to grow to grow with you in in your core in your core business.
1: Yeah, I saw a demo of the in-person payment um, reader at WordCamp US, which was really neat. And that was how we got the swag. You would they had a, you know, a fake credit card, but you would place an order, Mm -hmm. you know, at the kiosk, swipe your fake credit card. It would pay, um, order accepted. And then you get your swag. But I was like, this is neat because like, especially for local small business, we see a lot of the Stripe readers and the Square readers. Um, I'm excited for the day that I walk into a store and see a WooCommerce reader, you know, and then I'm going to ask them all about their website and what they're doing with it. But, um. It's neat to see that out there too, because we talk about online and obviously we're focused online, but also having the capability of being online, but also being a local small business or a local store that can still accept a physical credit card, you know, <laughs> and swipe it or, or touchless and the way you go um, is really powerful.
4: Yeah. And those lines are converging. And so I said, but, you know, it, it really is around sort of rising to meet you, your customers uh, across whatever lines uh, you you have for engagement.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So let's get to let's get to where we're why we're all here, right? We want to get uh, Kathy and Dave more involved here, but let's start digging into crypto. So that's the big, the you know, crypto, right? I feel like it's it's a it's a little bit of a love or hate situation right now with crypto. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's a definitely a bit of a trigger <laughs> for many people, um, but at the end of the day, you know, it is the reality. Crypto's out there. Many people, um, you know, are involved in crypto, and, and assuming probably all of us in some capacity. Um, so why don't you kind of tell us what's what's coming uh, to Woo Payments, WooCommerce Payments, for, in the crypto arena, and let's kind of dig into that.
4: Yeah, so well, I guess maybe love it or hate it, or be expert in it or nascent in it. Um, it's it's no longer um, probably ignorable. Uh, crypto is is here, and it is relevant for enough customers, uh, certainly merchants and consumers, um, that as I said, we want to make sure that we're always, uh, giving customers the right set of choices and flexibility within our ecosystem. And so we, uh, obviously didn't have anything, uh, for crypto in our marketplace. Um, we wanted to make sure that, uh, again, as these solutions are becoming more and more popular, that we sort of took stock at what are the most, um, relevant and, and popular use cases? Who do we think the most dominant, um, and most popular, uh, providers are and why, and, and are they the right providers for us, and really look to um, establish uh, what we think are some of the best providers for WooCommerce um, within uh, the most relevant and popular use cases and to put those in our marketplace. Uh, we want to support our customers. Uh, this won't be you know for, for everyone, but certainly for consumers that are looking to pay that way and are asking um, the shops that they shop from. Uh, for those options uh, and for merchants uh, that are keen to maybe, I talked about um, payments sort of rising to the occasion to to solve problems. Where is there a problem that exists? And I think crypto is one of those places as well that it can be consumer driven because either consumers have funds um, in storage that way. Maybe they're big advocates of, of crypto for whatever reason they want to pay that way. Um, merchants are always going to want to accept uh, however consumers want to pay. There's also some real use cases um that crypto, you know, might be able to help us solve that payments traditionally uh has not been able to solve well.
1: Yeah, I'm curious, Kathy, have you ever purchased anything with crypto online?
2: I have. I have. Have you? Yeah. I've been, yeah. I've been involved in the space. When crypto first started, and I was kind of watching it um back in the early Bitcoin Silk Road days, it was kind of like this This enigma of like what is going on over here? And what's who is this Ross guy and why'd they arrest him? And is this all just for criminals? (laughs) And there was all this like intrigue. And I kind of come from the security space. So, like, all of that was very fast. I mean, I literally have malware on my computer that I analyze. So, on purpose, like that's interesting to me. What are people doing with technology that is outside of the realm of acceptable? Um, use cases, and Silk Road was kind of that. But as it evolved, and then when Ethereum came out, it was like, oh, this is more than just payments. This is now taking this into all smart contracts, and I, I could see the writing on the wall that eventually this is coming mainstream. You know, you know, like you remember back in the day when the internet, like. All of the cool things that were happening with technology were kind of in the adult industry. <laughs> and it was kind of like this this weird use case of like doing movies online that nobody ever you know, looked at, but they were doing innovative things because they had to. Even in payments, that was happening a lot in these these industries that weren't widely accepted in the mainstream, but it came to the mainstream. And I think the same kind of trajectory is happening with crypto where things kind of started in this, the dark corners of the internet. But now we're starting to see these, these use cases where, hey, wow, maybe I I do want to use, um, crypto, or maybe there is an opportunity to transact with people in ways that are just me and them and not having like a big bank involved. Or, you know, there's a lot of people who are complaining about the way PayPal has done things. And so there's, there's complaints about these third party, large institutions that are involved with our finances, the 2008, um, financial, uh, Breakdown that happened that may or may not have caused uh, Bitcoin to actually exist. You know, a lot of these larger scale problems that crypto tried to to change, and now seeing it become sort of mainstream is super interesting. Um, And I think we're just at the cusp of like people starting to, um, you know, I'm obviously the weirdo transacting already using crypto, but I think more and more people are going to start seeing uh, some benefits here and. Dave, I've seen some of your uh, your talks and at WordCamps online um, about this, and I, I can tell like you've been watching the space for a pretty long time too, and and seeing what what are some of the things that brought you to the space that made crypto interesting to you, and sort of your vision for what payments are.
3: Super kind of you to spend your time watching my my, my talks, Kathy. Thank you. <laughs> I was pretty slow. To get Bitcoin, um, it can't, people forget how established it is. it 's not actually that much uh, younger than Bitcoin I think uh, than WordPress itself. I think it's like five years younger than the WordPress project. And so for several reasons I 'm kicking myself to be sort of slow to get it. I guess the moment that the penny dropped was when I realized that this was internet native money. And we'd seen a lot of activity around fintech and we, you know, we were well into the web to, uh, boom times of Facebook and Twitter and just this incredible exponential growth and uh, network effects. <clears throat> and it was really just a first principles realization that when you combine those two things, like financial innovation at internet speed and scale with the social effects. It was going to be dynamite. I guess a lot of innovation does happen at the edges and some of those edges are you know, the more questionable places online, as as you mentioned, Kathy, but they do typically get dragged into the center and that's when you can sort of, I guess you can watch them and some of them are just ephemeral and they disappear and they never kind of come into the mainstream. But one thing that I'd like to emphasize is that this is an WooCommerce. This is not automatic going like crypto crazy. This is us doing what we do, which is monitoring what's happening in our ecosystem. It's looking at the open source ecosystem, looking at the .org plugin marketplace, looking at um, signals through our own platform. What are people searching for? What are people talking about in support? And figuring out, uh, okay, there seems to be a threshold of demand here that it it behoves us to find a solution for it. Um, You know, this is trending upwards. We should do something about it. So I want to make that clear that this is sort of business as usual from Wu's perspective, although it does carry this whole sort of, uh, you know, mind worm uh, that I'm sure we'll get into with some of the conversation. Actually, it's quite a pragmatic thing for us to do and quite like adding a shipping provider in a new geo, you know, if there's sufficient demand, it helps our merchants, you know, that's something that we should do because that's the nature of our business. I think beyond that, I like the reason I personally became more and more deeply invested in crypto and in wanting to find a marriage between those, those two passions, you know, the WordPress ecosystem and what was happening with crypto is that we're living in a very interesting time. And so on, on one side, we see this convergence that we talked about of, um, you know, ID and authorization, authentication and payments. So they're all sort of collapsing down so that, you know, if you log logged into the, into your Google account, then like it's, it's a click to pay with Google Pay. That convergence, that collapsing down of things means that we need to trust ever more. The entity which is providing that service to us. And at the same time, you know, there are lots of signals that, you know, trust is problematic in various ways. I think it's fair to say that most of the governments in the world have done a pretty poor job at digital implementations. You know, you can look at Estonia, you can look at a few great use cases where actually this sort of what I call critical infrastructure is now part of our political systems. It's, you know, democracy is the best... You know, It's the least worst way that we know how to do this stuff. But in a lot of the rest of the world, that's not the case. And we end up uh, trusting huge organizations, commercial organizations, whose incentives might not be, and interests might not be, exactly aligned with us. And so we see lots of concern about what these social networks do with our data, how well they know us, you know, to what extent are we being advertised and what extent are we influenced. So there's a lot of that stuff which I just feel is sort of part of the zeitgeist and I think crypto offers a really interesting opportunity and set of characteristics that mean that it brings, it adds a new access, it like adds to the space in which we can play for solutions. We don't just have to trust government, we don't just have to trust banks, we don't have to trust big tech, there is also this other way and I think having that the space in which to experiment is, is always really healthy. Uh, I think we can also look at the history of the internet to some degree and say, we can ask questions. And this was part of a debate I watched recently. You know, what would have happened if the US Postal Service had regulated email like they wanted to? What if you, you know, to get a, uh, uh, to send or receive emails, you had to go through like a, a KYC process. Um, would we as people, as society, would we be better or worse off now? And I think most people would say that actually keeping email as an open protocol uh, has added a tremendous amount of value to our ecosystem and it's provided a very rich uh, foundation for innovation. And I think if you buy that argument, it becomes quite difficult to argue that there shouldn't be a similar uh, open protocol for payments um, information and payments not actually being drastically different. So those are two things that I, I sort of came to realize as past and present. And then the the one which gave me conviction that like this, you know, there's a job for me doing this in a year's time is this inbound convergence of tech trends. So I'll just pick the three which I think are sort of most interesting to me or most fun of mine and that is. You know, augmented reality or metaverse or 3D. like, But the, the the immersive, we're not just staring at our phone screen version of the web. Um, I think it's AI and I think it's crypto. And I think all of those things lead us to a world in which digitally native commerce for products and or services just becomes a more important part of our economy. And having a payments industry, which was born from like card present payment networks, as Keala said, like That's difficult to map onto a global, real-time, digitally native commerce paradigm. And so I I think there are some really interesting things that are going to come down the line, as well as some interesting things that are in the world right now that we're speaking to for merchants. So I'm excited to see what we can do for our merchants here, what opportunities we can create, both now and in the near-term future, but also what challenges we can help them overcome.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you know, you made a lot of good points. I, although, I got to go back to the email. Like, I wonder if, if the post office did regulate it, if I would have a lot less emails in my inbox every morning. Probably. <laughs> you had to buy digital stamps or something? I don't know what they were thinking, but um, but you're right. That's an interesting comparison, right? So.
0: Hey, everyone. Bob WP dropping into the show for a short break to tell you more about our two pod friends and to thank them for their amazing support. For every new client site comes new needs, and if you're looking for that right plugin for that next project, consider checking out the Dot Store. The team at the Dot Store developed their plugins for easy customization of your client sites. You can find solutions for adding extra fees, product attachments, dynamic pricing and discount rules, or product samples. Maybe you need to set up specific shipping for multi vendor for advanced USPS, or perhaps hidden methods for your shipping. They have this and a lot more. But also, you can get a Woo bundle that will fill a lot of your build needs in one nice package. So, for that next project, why don't you head over to the.store.com and give them a try on your next build. Our sponsor Nexus has made some game changing enhancements to their managed hosting plans. These include WooCommerce Automated Testing, Sales Performance Monitor, and Plugin Performance Monitor to keep you or your client sites powerful, profitable, and error free. Trust me, we know it as Do the Woo is powered by Nexus. Now, best of all, all of these are free with any Nexus plan. So make sure and take a moment and head over to Nexus.net. Make sure and check out both of these pod friends. And now let's get back to the show.
1: You know, I'm excited about crypto. I think um, it's, you know, it, most people are familiar with it at this point, at least at a very high level. Generally, it's what it is. And it's it's some form of a payment. They may not totally understand blockchain and all that great stuff. But most people have heard of it, right? Or at least heard of Bitcoin. And I have some familiarity with what that means. Um, I guess the question I would have is, you know, as people are, you know, they have a store or maybe they're getting ready to launch a store and kind of making decisions about payments and what they want to accept or not accept. I think crypto is the interesting one, right? Like you always want to try to make it, we talked about making it as easy as possible to pay, you know, make it as easy as possible to get that money so you can provide the product or service. You know, and this is kind of for both of you, but would you recommend a store owner that that has no crypto experience except crypto? Or do you feel like there needs to be some level of understanding, maybe on a little bit deeper level um, of what actually accepting crypto means, how that, you know, converts into, you know, U.S. dollars or whatever, you know, your local currency is and how you actually get that money in your bank account for someone that maybe has no experience with it. Is that something you would recommend or do you think they need a little bit more, you know, experience in the crypto world? Or is it kind of a TBD?
4: (laughs) I'll take a payments cut at that and maybe Dave, you, you chime in uh, on the, uh, your point of view on it. But, you know, I think what I would tell and probably what any merchant looks at is how much demand is there for a payment option? Um, because implementing payment options uh, always has an expense. We really make it easy. You can plug it in. It's pre-integrated, all that good stuff. Uh, but there is some additional operational work that comes with it, right? You're having uh, money sit somewhere else, whether you convert it to fiat or not and reconcile that and coming into your bank. So like, you you know, you probably don't want to do it for one transaction a month. I mean, maybe it's a really big transaction. Um, but so what's the demand? Um, and is it, so demand is a good indicator of like how viable it is for the use cases that you're solving. And so where there's, customer demand uh then it's probably the right solution to look at and then the question is what do you need to be educated on and you know what are the choices what are the the factors in your consideration set that you should probably uh you know be aware of to make the right decision uh, i think is kind of how i take like a payments lens on that um and then maybe that you know dave i don't have a few th- thoughts and certainly cath like on um then like what the consideration set might be around getting educated and, you know, what you should know kind of coming into it.
3: Yeah, no, that I think that's a great point. And I'm going to sort of pick up there and then go back over some other bits as well. So making it easy for people to transact um, Mm -hmm. is a core principle that we should all always aim for with payments. You know, if people want to transact, then... Let's take as much pain out of that as possible. Obviously, there has to be a degree of friction so that people know that they're like entering into a contract, their money is going to be leaving their wallets. We don't want that to be a surprise. Um, <laughs> sometimes it, in- it inevitably is. Um, but it is is very subjective. So, you know, if, if you're transacting as a US consumer in the US, then you probably have a bunch of super convenient ways to pay already you know you've got venmo you've got credit cards you've got stripe you've got roof diamonds Club. like a, but you know the world is your oyster but as the world becomes uh more globally interconnected then that's not always true you know the payment networks that the merchant accepts might not be able to operate in a particular jurisdiction or there might be uh too high a currency exchange fee like a a forex fee to make that transaction actually work for both parties. And so ease is subjective, like the, that sort of term, like how do we make things easy or easier? It's very subjective to every transaction. And so there are going to be use cases that are stronger for crypto now. Uh, and there are going to be use cases for like just using Venmo or Cash App or whatever now as well. I think that extends right through almost every detail of a transaction. Um, Including different verticals, right? We see a lot more volume going through crypto payments for things like that are digit, like that online only. So hosting services, VPNs, gift cards, things that don't have to touch the real world. And I think that's something that we see throughout the crypto ecosystem is whilst you stay in its realm, like the digital realm, it's really difficult to beat. But as soon as you have to bridge out to the real world, then you like gets messy and you lose a lot of the the power and the sense of doing it. Um so again, as we see more and more pure play digital goods and services, you know, like making compute games compared to movies now. It's such a vast industry. Uh there are gonna be merchants for whom accepting crypto right now is just not over there are going to be others where they're just like they're not gonna see any transactions maybe ever. Um, in terms of you're a merchant, you think that there's an opportunity that you want to go after where we're at with the maturity of crypto payment processing solutions and one of the reasons that this seems like the right time to start introducing it to the marketplace is actually there's a really broad range of options out there so uh this is like a term that i've made up and i expect no one to use but we i kind of call it crypto light so this is the idea that you can accept crypto on your merchant and like a consumer can pay you with crypto as a merchant, you just end up with fiat currency set up to your bank and often uh, faster than through a traditional payment processor and uh, almost certainly with lower transaction fees as well. So even if you as a merchant don't get Bitcoin, never want to hold Ethereum, have no idea what a wallet is, there can still be tangible or Advantages to accepting crypto from your customers right now yeah and the, at the other end of the spectrum you can let people auth into your side with the web3 wallet and pay you for an nft with ethereum that gets sent back to their wallet and have like this whole crazy composable web3 commerce paradigm going on what i would say is if you're thinking about accepting crypto as a merchant even if you want nothing to do with it then it's really a good idea to at least understand the principles and the concepts and where things are the same or where they're different from traditional payments for a couple of reasons. One is just, you know, this is a contract you're going to be entering into. So there are going to be different risks, there are going to be different constraints, uh, as well as features and benefits. The second one is just that if you're going to optimize your customer's experience and understanding what they have to go through to transact with you, it's just an important part of running an effective business of any type, you know, advertising that you accept crypto, letting people know how that looks, what wallets they might need, because crypto payments can be like, you can log, log in with a web browser wallet, you can see a QR code, there are lots of different actual kind of at the point of transaction experiences, so yeah, even if you want nothing to do with it, there's some stuff that's really just good to understand, and if you do want to like deal with on-chain transactions directly, then yeah, you know, welcome, welcome to the rabbit hole, chum. It goes pretty deep.
1: Yeah, I know, um, you know, just talking about kind of one thing to think about too as we're kind of wrapping up a little bit, is just around the accessibility of of accepting payments. Like I think it's uh, many of us, myself included, take it for granted. Like you said, the world's our oyster in terms of how we want to pay. If there's 50 different options that would work for me. Uh, but in many part, in many different countries, other countries – um, it's hard to even have a payment processor that's available. Um, and I, I, was reminded as we were talking, I just pulled up, Bob and I had a show, this is back in January of 2021 and we had Mary job on, uh, she's a brilliant woman, um, and she's helping people get online in Nigeria and set up WooCommerce stores. And, and I, I was looking at the transcript cause I remember the, the biggest challenge, which I wasn't even aware of is there was no real payment gateways that were available. Without working directly with the bank, which, as you said, is a long process and it's usually kind of expensive, and it's not just a you know fill out a form and away you go to you know to accept payments. So, um, so that was a big problem getting a lot of stores online. They they make amazing things uh, in Africa and they want to be online to be able to sell and ship these items all over the world. But just getting you know set up to take a, a simple credit card is is a real struggle. And that's where I think another piece of this crypto that maybe many of us don't think about is that power of being able to accept payments on day one without having to worry about, is there a bank process there? Is there a merchant account? Is there some system I can use that works with the country that I'm in? Cause I think there are a lot of countries where they just won't work. Um, so this could really open up, you know, other markets. It could open up new customers um, to your stores, new stores online in those type of countries uh, to accept payments in just a different form, you know, which is crypto. So it could be a game changer in some of these, some of these areas that just don't have a lot of options.
4: I think it's always, you know, options relative to alternatives. Uh, And so I said there's a lot of places that traditional payments don't work well still. And so where there's tons of alternatives and traditional payments work really well, then, you know, maybe there's going to be less traction. But where there's not ease, Dave, you talked about ease, ease relative to the alternatives that you have. If you have no alternatives, you're probably willing to jump through quite a few hoops and deal with quite a bit of friction. Um, so I think you know, some areas that traditionally have not been solved well by, um, and we'll use credit cards because that's the dominant way that you know, most of the way that we pay online is sort of based. Even things like Apple Pay and Google Pay have their basis in cards. It's just a container for a credit card, if you will, right? So things that are account-based, like a PayPal account, um, those start to look a little bit different. Micropayments, not well solved. And there's a reason for that because every single transaction on a credit card, right? Has that fixed per transaction amount. Well, if you're doing a transaction for a dollar, a couple dollars, that fixed percentage of the cost becomes a really high proportion of your effective rate. So micro payments don't work well at the same notion, really high ASP doesn't work well. Things over $10,000 tend to have higher decline rates. People don't have that much uh, on their credit card. Even if they do, sometimes they decline. Um, Really high dollar transactions tend to also be sometimes linked with things that have contract, uh, warranty, titling, escrow, uh, protections, uh, deeds, things where you're going to want to have a smart contract and identity coupled together with a high dollar transaction. There's a reason high dollar transactions have friction, right? Because there's usually something else going on with it that I need to make sure you are who you are the payment's good. Crypto happens to be irrevocable. And there's, it, you know, there's an exchange of, of value happening. And so having that happen uh, on on a, on a blockchain with a smart contract with transparency, those could be use cases that are solved really well. So we talked about micro payments, sort of macro high dollar transactions, and then cross border. Uh, and and cross border in particular, um, has been solved in countries that have common banking systems, but you mentioned Africa and some of the, the countries that, that aren't sort of part of these um, banded together and create uh, systems that work well together, then it, it, the, seams, the, the seams show quickly.
2: Kala, you talked about a lot of things that kind of like piqued my interest, having watched this space for such a long time and knowing that um, crypto is immutable, um, knowing that when I send Dave some Bitcoin, Dave's got the Bitcoin. You know what I mean? It's like the transaction is <laughs> funded on, right? So the transaction is finalized, right? And I think um, a lot of the um, maybe trepidation that maybe some common consumers might have with using crypto can be around that that finalization. Um, the fact that it's on the blockchain and that you can see the transaction and it's all there, that's all great and fine. But um, what if I don't get what I just bought? What and and Dave's got my money, you know. <laughs> um, what all of those types of things? And you talked about a lot of these other things with smart contracts and different ways that crypto can kind of add to that trust factor of a transaction. And I was wondering, um, what is Wu's take on all of that? Like how how can Wu help people feel more trust in a crypto based transaction?
4: It's a great question. And it's a, a place that I'm looking to see the space evolve. Um, I tend to take that payments view, which is again, you know, where do payments not work well? And then where will something sort of rise to fill the gap? And I think there's a lot of oppor- a lot of opportunity there. Today, in those, it will take like a, you know, a, a high dollar transaction where you're uh, writing a check or sending a bank wire might be more appropriate to online. Wires are irrevocable, right? And so uh, both the buyer and seller or the buyer and the merchant sort of enter into that type of transaction with a different type of mental model and awareness already. There um, likely is already a trust in the exchange of goods that you're going to get or the contract governs that there's trust in that exchange. Uh, I think that crypto just becomes another instantiation of possibly a better way to do that. Like I've sent wires and they're, they're not for, they're not easy and they're expensive and God forbid you send a wire internationally and you hit the button and you go like, Oh boy, I hope I did that right. Right. It's, and, it, and it's not super traceable. So um, I, I don't think that crypto may be for every transaction, maybe one day, uh, you know, Dave made a point around physical goods versus digital goods. Uh, again that revocability uh, how much do you test the transaction but where do payments not work well today and where are traditional payments being used but there's a lot of friction in the system that maybe crypto helps fill that gap in a way that removes friction and helps solve a problem that isn't being well served today I think those are the things that really excite me most
3: yeah I would back that up with saying that uh, uh, um... What's happening with WooCommerce and crypto payments at this stage is that we are offering partner solutions through the marketplace. Many of those solutions come with a bunch of merchant tooling, including managing uh, refunds, etc. Just because you can't uh, do a chargeback through a crypto payment network doesn't obviate the legal need for you as a merchant. Like, there are laws that, like, crypto is not this wild west, right? It's subject to a lot of regulation already. So, as a merchant, whether for compliance reasons or customer service reasons or like online review reasons, you still have an obligation to treat your customers properly, to uh, give them a refund if you fail to deliver the crypto services. So, and again, it primarily, for me, it primarily comes back to where you leave the crypto ecosystem and have to bridge back to the real world. So, you know, finalizing a Bitcoin transaction, but then having to wait a week to receive the the goods. You know, that's a fraught time because you've sent an irreversible transaction. Keanu makes a good point that that's like not totally unique to crypto. But I think that's why we saw such a boom in NFTs over the last year is not because, I mean, I, and I do think that that's super interesting and that we've seen, you know, a very rapid hype cycle and some interesting things will come out as much selling it's because they're just encapsulated within that ecosystem we don't need to leave crypto land to transact to get the goods or the services it's the same with DeFi, right you're you're transacting within that ecosystem and so there is none of the mess that is bridging out that's why stable coins are so big because they allow you to switch to fiat currency that's not good stable coins are too much deal right now but they let you exchange to fiat pegged value without having to like go back out into the real world into a bank account and back and so i think anywhere that people find innovation for product services ideas that allow things to happen within crypto world you'll see a lot of use Um, and as the ecosystem matures and people close those gaps between how traditional payments work and those responsibilities, how crypto payments work, uh, then I think we'll start to see it becoming more seamless. And, you know, Kiel made some great points about how this is all just part of a trend in payments. You know, payments is becoming more seamless. You kind of abstract the payment side of it out as much as possible. You know, if you're scanning a QR code to check out on a store and, like, you're paying with dollars on Lightning Network or Ethereum, in a few years, I don't think most people are even going to notice Okay, care after time.
1: It is all changing, isn't it? Maybe this is the next biggie. Um, as you mentioned, PayPal was a big one. Mobile was a big one. Is crypto the next one? It's, it definitely looks likely. But I guess the market will tell, huh?
3: I mean, I think we're waiting. Honestly, I think we're waiting for... So with PayPal, the driver was eBay, right? The, the fact that there was sort of this social marketplace and it was Web2 and people could read and write to the web. I think there are a lot of use cases for it now. That's why we're doing this now. But I think where the world really changes is where we, uh, where we have AR, where we just have a fundamentally different web that has different value propositions, constraints, requirements between creators and consumers. And I think even that the paradigm of like, here's a merchant, here's a, con- here's a consumer ends up getting broken down as we see like single individuals like, what's a Megan Kardashian or, you know, yay, becoming these like powerhouse brands that do TPV comparable to like buildings full of hundreds of people. As we see that, like traditional boundaries break down, I think we we just find ourselves in a world where those digital goods, those digital services, which play to crypto strengths, just become a more part, important part of the digital economy. So yeah, that that's where I think that eBay... Ebay, PayPal dynamic comes in is this emerging new use case that's happening already. We can see it's happening, but as soon as we start seeing it being mainstream, I think it really starts challenging uh, the status quo for payments. That would be my take.
1: So, when can we start accepting crypto on our on our online stores? Is it available now? Is it coming soon?
3: By the time the podcast is aired, Brad, I'm pretty hopeful that you'll be able to find one of our incredible partners on the marketplace. Board with them and start accepting crypto for whatever side hustle you're up to at the moment, buddy.
4: Brad, if you want to test it out, you and I can, uh, you can send me a payment. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> and I will not be able to reverse that payment, unfortunately. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's exciting. I'm, I'm anxious to kind of see, especially as people start using it, um, kind of get more, more like real world examples of stores using it and, and who, you know, how it's going. And like you said, is there demand or not? And I think certain... Markets, there certainly will be demand, and others maybe not, or it's just going to take some time to catch up. But uh, it's exciting to see that it's coming out um, again, having you know it through official WooCommerce channels. Um, you are probably going to get quite a quite a bit of adoption pretty quickly, I would imagine. So, so yeah, I guess any other any other questions or topics before we wrap it up here? We covered quite a bit. This has been a really fun show, really informative. I think we're good. So, in why don't we just go around the horn there and tell people where they can find you online and if they have any questions or more information where they can look. We'll start with um, with you, Keela. Oh,
4: where you can find me online. I, I don't even know how to answer that question.
1: Are you on Twitter or I don't know. Everyone's leaving Twitter now, so maybe not. I don't. <laughs> I don't
4: know. No, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm old school.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> find her on LinkedIn. All right. Dave, what about you? Yeah,
3: LinkedIn's fine. No, we're, um, dave.locky at automatic.com you can find me there as well really happy to talk it's got to it's gonna gotta to be a conversation Uh people can have concerns can have questions and i want to have those so if you if you're interested then reach out and let's talk
1: yeah it's great that it's out there i'm sure there'll be some more discussions at word camps that WordCamps word camps are back on the uh back out there again and um you know, meetups are getting going again too. So a lot of opportunities to get out there and talk to people about this and show it off, which is exciting. Uh, this is a fun crypto show on do the Wooth. So thanks for joining us and we'll see you on the next episode.
0: Hey everyone, Bob WP here. And thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I'd like to give one more shout out to our two pod friends for those special needs. When it comes to enhancing your next client build, the DotStore.com has a great selection of Woo plugins to help you easily customize your client sites. And Nexus Managed Hosting, where you'll get WooCommerce automated testing and sales performance monitor to keep your client's shops running smoothly. Hope you enjoyed this first show of the new year. And until the next time, keep on doing the Woo.